Hello, I'm Ed Glaze, the senior pastor at Boone United Methodist Church, and we're introducing the Because We Care initiative for the next two years, a time of excitement and fulfilling God's mission for this congregation. And I'm Vern Collins. I'm the pastor of discipleship at Boone United Methodist Church. And the thing that excites me about this journey that we are entering together is that everyone will have an opportunity to participate. Because We Care initiative is in three parts. First is the impact, where we're gonna fund our current mission and ministry and include ways to make sure that our debt is reduced and hopefully paid off so that we have the resources for missions in the coming years. I think it's extremely important that we become debt-free. Um, I think that that gives us the opportunity to expand our missions into other areas. We did the campaign to build this church about 20 years ago, and I was part of that campaign. So I'm very much familiar with selling the old church downtown and borrowing the money to build this church. And if we could pay that debt off through this campaign, about $65,000, $70,000 a year would be freed up. So it would uh, help us to expand what we're already doing if we can pay off or pay down the debt. The second part is our presence, where we are going to enhance our facilities and take care of some of the things that need addressing so that this place is welcoming and Christ-centered for all who come, particularly those who are visiting us. I think having a church that is welcoming and inviting is very important, and that can only be done if updates to the building are done. I think that our church, the building itself, is our first mission. We are open seven days a week. I mean, this is the first thing that people see. This is the first impression. And I think seeing a place that um, looks good, is well kept up, and is safe, I think is extremely important. And the third part is community. Um, one of the things that we are excited about is looking for tangible ways to live into our mission to love our community and invite all to discover life in Christ. Some of the ways that we will seek to do that is through our after-school uh, program to provide a place where kids can come and continue the process of learning and to receive tutoring to make sure that they don't fall behind in school. Uh, we want to have a feeding ministry uh, that would be fully funded where we can provide meals for folks in our community who might be food insecure, not only to meet that physical need, but to meet the need of providing a place where they can break bread with others and experience the gift of fellowship. Uh, and finally, we have the gift that is our Boone United Trail. And we believe we've only begun to scratch the surface of what that can be uh, for our community. And so we wanna look for ways to enhance that and make that a more welcoming place uh, for folks who may not walk in the doors of the church, but would feel comfortable coming and enjoying our backyard. I think one of the most important outreaches that the campaign is doing is the after-school ministry. It's really important to build connections with our local schools. After-school care is something that's desperately needed, and being as close as we are to Hardin Park, um, that's a whole community in itself that we have the opportunity to open our doors to. What the Boone United Trail means to us, we were looking for a family hike. We pulled into the parking lot, and we started reading the signs, and that's when we realized we're in a church parking lot. We literally didn't even realize that when we pulled up, but it drew us in. Just personally, it's, it's a special place that was a connecting point for us to this incredible church. So if it can be enhanced or expanded to continue that ministry, then I think that's incredibly important. 
What we're asking you to do is prayerfully consider how God is leading you to sacrificially commit uh, to this work through the Because We Care initiative. It's an exciting time and we want everyone to be a part of it. And I think, Ed, the thing that's most exciting for me about this is that there is a role for everyone to play. Amen. Uh, the, the, the goal, yes, is to fully fund these things that we've talked about, but more than that, it is 100% participation. Amen. And for folks to, to understand that, that no matter um, how large or small, that the, the investment in what God is doing in the life of our church is something that we can all get behind and enjoy. So much has been given to us, so much has been given to me, and so I feel a necessity to give back, and I'm very happy doing that. Giving is important because it's the, I think it's the lifeblood of the church. Because we care for the future of this community. Because we care about the mission of this church. Because we care about each other. Because we care about the next generation here at Boone United Methodist. Because we care about our world. Wow, that's pretty special that we are introducing to this church, though we've talked about it some, the Because We Care initiative, an exciting time for our congregation. Lots of churches don't get to do something like this, but because of this initiative, because of We Care, uh, we are looking to the future with hope and with optimism, and we are looking forward to enhancing our current ministries, including our faith promise giving. We're looking at expanding what we're doing in the community. As you heard on the video, we have neighbors that are across the street at Hardin Park School that desperately need an after-school program. Coming from where I came from, you don't realize the gift that's in your church's backyard. You I mean, it's here. And as you heard uh, Kit and Jeremy say, they came to this church because they saw a trail where they could hike was in the backyard of a church parking lot. And we hope to enhance the trail, enhance that meadow so that people who may not be able to hike that two miles up the mountain, they can go and experience the beauty of the creator God, this Jesus who made all this in our backyard, our backyard. And folks, this is something that we should celebrate and be excited about. Uh, for this month. We're going to talk about these things. Uh, on October 29th, you're going to be invited to come with the commitment card that's in your journal here. And of course, we'll I'll probably mail you one too. I know how people are. I, I'd lose things myself. But you're going to, you'll have an opportunity on the 29th as an act of worship to bring a commitment forward to show that you care, show that you care about what God is doing in and through this church. Everyone should have received a journal. Did, did you, everyone get one? If you did not get a journal, uh, please let us know that we got some great looking ushers back there. Wasn't that a great looking group except for the senior pastor on that video? I mean, that's it. They were there. Qual quality for sure. Yeah. And I want to thank Doug Kaufman and, and Kelly Broman folks for helping to put that together as well as Sam Kohler who does so much with our tech department here. Bring these journals back each week. And guess what? If you forget it, I bet we'll have one here for you. But please bring them and read through them during the time between the services because there's much information in there about because we care as well as about your own spiritual reflections about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ 
and how you are being called uh, to show you care. So hold on to the journal. We will get into it in just a little bit. But today's scripture text, as we are here on this communion Sunday, is talking about, well, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Here now the good news according to Matthew, the 16th chapter, starting with verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up the cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what profited them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? What will they give in return for the life? For the Son of Man has come with his angels in glory, and the Father and then will pay everyone for what he has done. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What are you willing to deny yourself for? What, what are you willing to deny yourself for or to sacrifice for? There, there are some that are going to not deny themselves some sweet treats or some sort of food so they can have that beach body uh, come the springtime when they head down to the beach uh, because they want to look good. So they deny the treats that they might normally have at night, like going into the freezer and sneaking that bowl of ice cream or going into the cookie jar and getting those extra cookies. I'm going to deny myself that pleasure so I will look good and be healthy. Some deny themselves so that they can achieve a goal. I was listening to uh, the Auburn broadcast, not very happily at the end of it, but I was listening to the Auburn broadcast, and the pregame featured a player from 1983 who was an architect major as well as playing varsity football. And he talked about how during the wintertime, to achieve his goal to be an architect as, as well as being a Division I athlete, he didn't sleep some nights because he had to do all that studying to be an architect and then workouts are at 6.30 in the morning. He denied himself, you see, to achieve a goal. Some of y'all have done that. Some of y'all have put off something to save up, denied yourself a pleasure for the moment so that you would have the resources to buy something later on. Now, in this day and time with easy credit and a wallet full of credit cards, folks don't do that as much as they once did. But some of y'all know what it means to deny yourself maybe going out for a meal or doing some other simple pleasure so that you'd have the money to do something like buy a car, make a down payment on a house, go on a vacation. All good stuff, denying oneself. But what Jesus is talking about is denying oneself, taking up a cross, not for our own selves, not for uh, our own goals or achievements, but for the kingdom, for our love of God and love of other people, to deny ourselves for the sake of Jesus. This text is set in Caesarea Philippi. Now, y'all might remember a few weeks ago that great sermon that Patty preached where Peter went to Jesus there at Caesarea Philippi, and Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to Peter, you're right. And on you, Peter, I will build my church. You are the rock. All right, now we have this text where Jesus talks about, well, what it means to be the Messiah, what it means to be the Son of God. And he says, to be the Messiah, to fulfill my, my calling, I will 
be beaten and betrayed and killed on a cross. And Peter says this, forbid it, Lord, that that should happen to you. And then this very harsh rebuke, which is sometimes something that we say when someone's trying to offer us candy and we're on a diet, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, get thee behind me, Satan. What a strict rebuke. Why did Jesus say this to this person he just called the rock? Because, well, Peter was echoing the temptation of the evil one from the desert earlier on in the gospel. Remember what Satan said to Jesus. Hey, you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to deny yourself. You can lord over people in power and in glory. You can have everyone bow down before you if you just do things my way. And what Jesus was saying to Peter is, no, I am not like the rulers of the world. I do not lord over everybody else. I do not insist upon my own way. The way of the Messiah, of the Lord God, is denial and sacrifice and even death. Wow. Put that on your church marquee. Come to this place where we teach you to deny yourself even to the point of death. I don't think too many people are going to show up. The way that the temptation that Peter offered to, to Jesus, the way that we hear the words of Peter being offered today is that, well, believe and you shall receive. A Christian doesn't have to suffer. If you pray then you're going to get all that you want. We hear that, don't we, sometimes in Christian circles. But the way of Jesus is to deny, take up a cross, and follow. Deny, take up a cross, and follow. So what is cross-bearing not about? It's not about saying, well, I'm going to set a goal to uh, deny myself. I'm going to show how good I am. You know, I can give up a meal a week. I can sacrifice uh, these things so that I can show that I am so good. I am so proud. I have control here. Doesn't that sound very familiar to what Jesus was rebuking throughout the Gospels? Remember the story in, in Luke 18 where the Pharisee comes into the temple and he says, Lord... Ain't I good? I fast three, two times a week. I give a tenth of everything that I have. Lord, you know, I'm denying myself. Ain't I good? That's not what Jesus is talking about. Neither, as Douglas Hare says in his great commentary on Matthew, says this, neither is it seeking to subordinate yourself unduly, as often has been put upon the women in our world and those who are minorities, that, well, I'm supposed to subordinate myself because, well, I'm not worthy to be lifted up, or I've been told that I'm not worth much, or I'm no account because of who I am. That's not the way either. The way is the way 
of self-affirmation as a child of God, just like Jesus did. Jesus said, I am God's son, and I will follow after the will of my father. I'll subordinate my will to that of whom I love, my father. And I'll give myself for those whom I love. That's what cross-bearing is about, you see. And it's not what we've been told sometimes in popular culture that cross-bearing is something like this. Well, I'm married to old so-and-so. You know, he's my cross I've got to bear. Or it might be a medical infirmity. Or it might be a child that's addicted to drugs. And we say that's our cross. No, that is part of the human condition, the brokenness of who we are in our world. And yes, our Lord cares about those things deeply. He knows your hurts. He knows your struggles. He knows your pain and offers compassion, healing, and support and grace to endure. But cross-bearing is an intentional saying, I will do this. I will bear this for that which I love. I will give myself to something greater than myself so that God's will is known. And I do it because I love. What's cross-bearing look like? Well, it looks like people giving sacrificially so that the work of the Lord is done in and through his church. But cross-bearing also looks like this, giving up a week of vacation to go down to the heat of Selma, Alabama to work for the broken and the hurting down there. Cross-bearing and denying oneself looks like people staying late on the Saturday of the bazaar when lots of folks have already left, making sure this place is ready for worship. And why do we do this? Not because of duty, not because we puff ourselves up, not out of guilt. We do it out of love. For we will deny self for that which we love. We're going, we deny ourselves for that which we love. In my junior year of college, I realized that my wife was smarter than I was. It shouldn't take me that long. But in my junior year of college, we'd already been dating for two and a half years. I realized she was about to graduate early and head off to graduate school. And I knew that I better do something to make sure I... Well, knew that I wanted to be attached to her. So I knew I ought to get her an engagement ring. Well, I was a poor college student, an ROTC cadet earning $100 a month. $100 a month. Yeah, hmm. yeah that's right. And I realized that I wasn't going to be able to afford much of a ring on that. So I took me a job working for the history department of our college where I would grade the Western Civilization multiple guest test. I would answer the phone for the head of the department you know, several hours a week trying to earn some extra money so that I could get my bride an engagement ring. I also realized that, you know, I'm going to have to cut back on expenses. So I Decided not to go out to eat as often as I was, except for when I take my bride out for dates. And so I put up with eating the so-called food at the college cafeteria instead of going out to eat so I could save money and earn some extra money. Why? 
for the sake of love. And so in the spring of that year, I went down to Edge Jewelers on the Atlanta Highway in Montgomery, Alabama, paid in cash for not the greatest engagement ring ever bought, but it was a sign and a symbol of my dedication and my love for her. I denied myself some simple pleasures. I took on an extra job when I could have been going out and hanging out with my friends. Why? For the sake of love. And I gave her that tiny dot of a diamond on her birthday. And even though later on when I've had a little extra resources to offer to buy her something a little bigger and more special, more shiny, she said, nah, this is the one you gave me. And she still wears it. I'm so glad that she does. You see, y'all, someone had stolen my heart. Someone had captured my love. Those couples who hear in the sound of my voice, either online or here in this room, know what I'm talking about. Those of us who are parents know what I'm talking about. We deny ourselves, sacrifice for the sake of love. And we've got to ask ourselves, what has stolen our hearts? What do we deny ourselves for? These are our ultimate concerns, you see. And of course, we're following after the example of Jesus who is described in Philippians 2, denied himself, emptied himself for those who have stolen his heart, you and me. So to prove that you are awake, turn to people around you and say, you have stolen the heart of Jesus. Say that to people around you. Say that to the folks around you. You have stolen the heart of Jesus. You have stolen the heart of Jesus. You have stolen the heart of Jesus. Hey, you listen online, you've stolen the heart of Jesus. And look what Jesus did. He denied self. He literally took on a cross for you and for me and for you. All of us, he denied self. Because we had stolen his heart, because he's that much in love with you and with me. Y'all, we deny ourselves. We sacrifice for that which we love. And the only thing that, as Jesus says, will give us life is denying ourselves, giving ourselves, sacrificing ourselves, taking up the way of the cross is for the things of Jesus. It's for the things of Jesus. Now, what's denying self look like? I said it some, but in your journal, uh, you'll look on page 13. And some people will do some spectacular denying selves uh, in this process. So I shared in the vision event, some of y'all were there at it. I talked about a story from a lady in Tallahassee, Alabama, who during a a divisive charged conference when everyone is yelling about should we ever go uh, and do a campaign to raise a million dollars to fix up a building that was crumbling around them. I said, but we got debt, we can't do anything. And this lady, Miss Audrey, stood up and said, I'll pay off the debt, a retired teacher. She said, I'm not gonna be able to retire as comfortably as I thought, but I'm gonna have more than enough resources to live my life. I'm gonna pay off this debt. That's a huge sacrifice, huge sacrifice. 
There might be some within the sound of my voice that does something like that. I don't know. But look at some of the things that we can do. Give up that lottie. Not order out for pizza. Downgrade your cable plan. Or if you are on Spectrum, oh, excuse me, uh, give it up after they took off ESPN. Save, <laughs> save money on groceries. Simple things. Not buying that latte every week from Starbucks or whatever place you go so that you have some extra to give to the cause of Christ that we are talking about through the Because We Care initiative. See that? Simple things that we deny ourselves of multiplied over the weeks and by the number of people that give to this church that's big money that can do a lot to feed people in our community to help kids in an after school program to enhance this facility to, to make sure that trail is all that we intended to be to help people discover who God is and the beauty of God's creation look on page 19 and there are some notes about what does it look like for yourself to deny yourself in the various areas of your life? What does it look like that you give up some of your time for others? Time for those who are broken and hurting. Time for this church that, if you're here, I imagine that this church means something to you. What does that mean for you with your activities, with your resources? And how does denying yourself, particularly for the cause of Christ, bring to you life? For in the end, it is the things of God that will bring us true life that's abundant and eternal. It's not our hobbies, not uh, our sporting allegiances. Those of us who are Auburn fans know those quickly fade. And even if you follow that team that I shall say I root against, you've had so many of those championships that they've grown passe. You know, it's, all that stuff fades. The cheering dies. And even things in our family can disappoint and break us and hurt us. Only one thing gives us life that is abundant and eternal. That's the way of Jesus. So you are being asked to prayerfully consider as we go through this together how you are being called to be like Jesus, denying self, taking up a cross, and following him. This has been prayerfully brought to you by some great leaders in your church. And so as we go together through this month, we're asking, Lord, what are you calling me to give up? What are you calling for me to deny so that your work can continue in an exciting and powerful way through Boone United Methodist Church? The way of Jesus, the way of denial, the way of the cross will bring you, bring us, Life that's abundant and eternal. Amen, amen, and amen.